Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. The next holy time is Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. This is such a solemn and serious time. We would be remiss if we didn't talk about it. Now, if you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Brazil and Wisconsin. Amen. Listen out for Red Pill Torah on a radio station near you. At the time of this recording... We're in the 10-day period between Yom Teruah and Yom Kippur. We know it as the Days of Awe. Now, during this time, Jewish people do charitable deeds and make amends with others before Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur means Day of Atonement, or covering. In the Bible days, what was being covered was the sins of the nation. Now, if Israel's sins weren't covered after the high priest performed the Yom Kippur rituals, all of Israel was in for a really bad year. In modern times, believers all over the world turn our attention to our Elohim and His righteous rulings. We look at ourselves individually and as groups of people, and we humbly pray for Elohim's mercy. We recognize that, had it not been for our High Priest, Yeshua, we would surely have received the severe penalties that we deserve. Solomon was the richest and wisest king of Israel. He wrote the wisdom books known as Kohelet in Hebrew. Most believers know it as Ecclesiastes. The word Kohelet means gatherer or collector. This book is truly a collection of practical wisdom and should be studied by a collection of people. Amen. In Kohelet, Solomon explains that he basically tried everything that there was to try under the sun and announced the results of his great experiment in chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. He wrote, Here is the final conclusion. Now that you have heard everything, fear Yehovah and keep his mitzvot, or his commandments. Mm -hmm. This is what being human is all about. For Yehovah will bring to judgment everything we do, including every secret, whether good or bad. Solomon's wisdom was from Yehovah. We know the conclusion of his grand experiment. We should also know that in his wisdom, he wrote something that is relevant for the holy times of Yehovah overall, and particularly true for Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Kohelet, or Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 says, For everything there is a season, a right time for every intention under heaven. The next seven verses give examples of actions that are opposites of each other, yet there are times when each action is appropriate. For example, verse 8 says that there is a time for war and a time for peace. If you need more background on Yom Kippur, check out our podcast episodes 8 and 58. We get direct instruction from Jehovah regarding when Yom Kippur is and how to observe this holy day in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 27 through 32. Mm -hmm. And we get a detailed description of what the high priest had to do in Leviticus chapter 16. 
We know that the nation of Israel had committed some serious sins after the covenant at Mount Sinai. They included the golden calf incident, Korah's rebellion, complaining about lack of water and food, and ultimately doubting their Elohim's ability to take them into the land that he had promised to give to them. With all of that as a backdrop, it is especially interesting to note the timing of when the Father gave these instructions in Leviticus chapter 16. Leviticus 16 verse 1 says, Yehovah spoke with Moshe after the death of Aaron's two sons, when they tried to sacrifice before Yehovah and died. Yehovah said to Moshe, Tell your brother Aaron not to come at just any time into the holy place beyond the curtain, in front of the ark cover, which is on the ark, so that he will not die, because I appear in the cloud over the ark cover. Here is how Aaron is to enter the holy place. The story of how Aaron's sons died is covered in Leviticus chapter 10. Please read that entire chapter for more context. As a summary, they died as they were offering strange fire or unauthorized fire before Elohim. Mm -hmm. Yehovah had not instructed them to do that. Now, when I read Leviticus chapter 16, I see the great kindness of Yehovah on display. He wants Aaron to approach him and to minister before him. But because Jehovah is holy, Aaron must understand how and when to do that. He, Aaron, was the right man for the job. He had been uniquely chosen and affirmed by Jehovah as the high priest. Leviticus 16 verse 17 says, No one is to be present in the tent of meeting from the time he, the high priest, enters the holy place to make atonement until the time he comes out. Even the right man had to be prepared in the right way. Mm -hmm. Leviticus 16 describes the preparations needed for the high priest. He was to wash his body first, and then to put on the special garments of the high priest. In other scriptures, we are taught about the need for the high priest to remain ritually clean, prepared to do the work of his ministry. Now, of course, that included following the Father's instructions for eating, for refraining from certain activities, restrictions on who he could marry, restrictions on who could hold this office, and many other instructions. So it wasn't enough to be the right man. The right man had to be prepared in the right way. That's right, Daddy. While Aaron was the right man, we know from Elohim's instructions that there was a right place, a specific location involved in this Yom Kippur process. In Leviticus chapter 16, verse 2, Jehovah identifies the specific place as the holy place beyond the curtain in front of the ark cover, which is on the ark. There was no other place identified as a place where Aaron could perform the Yom Kippur service and to enter into the presence of Jehovah. So far, we have the right man, the right preparations, and the right place. There was a set-apart time of year when Aaron could approach the presence of Jehovah, as was mentioned earlier. That time was the day of Yom Kippur. Leviticus 16, verse 29, explains the timing by saying, It is to be a permanent regulation for you that on the tenth day of the seventh month you are to deny yourselves and not do any kind of work, both the citizen and the foreigner living with you. For on this day atonement will be made for you to purify you. You will be clean before Jehovah from all your sins. Leviticus 23 also mentions the tenth day of the seventh month. Verses 27 and 28 say, The tenth day of this seventh month is Yom Kippur. 
You are to have a holy convocation. You are to deny yourselves, and you are to bring an offering made by fire to Jehovah. You are not to do any kind of work on that day, because it is Yom Kippur, to make atonement for you before Jehovah your Elohim. The tenth day of the seventh month was the right time. Like the other holy times, Yom Kippur features pictures of the Messiah and his work here on earth. Mm -hmm. Aaron was the right man to minister as high priest because he was chosen by Jehovah. In like manner, Yeshua was uniquely chosen by his father for a specific purpose. In Matthew chapter 17, Yeshua appeared in his glorified body, speaking with Moshe and Elijah. Starting at verse 5, the scriptures say, While Peter was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and the voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they were so frightened that they fell down on their faces to the ground. But Yeshua came and touched them. Get up, he said, and don't be afraid. So they opened their eyes, looked up, and saw only Yeshua by himself. As they came down the mountain, Yeshua ordered them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Truly, Yeshua was the right man. Amen, Mama. You know, Yeshua was also uniquely prepared. Let me read Hebrews chapter 5, starting at verse 5. It says, so neither did the Messiah glorify himself to become the Kohen Gadol, or the high priest. Rather, it was the one who said to him, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Also, as he says in another place, You are a Kohen, or priest, forever, to be compared with Melchizedek. During Yeshua's life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions, crying aloud and shedding tears, to the one who had the power to deliver him from death, and he was heard because of his godliness. Even though he was the Son, he learned obedience through his sufferings, and after he had been brought to the goal, he became the source of eternal deliverance to all who obey him, since he had been proclaimed by Elohim as a Kohen Gadol to be compared with Melchizedek. Mama, because he experienced our weaknesses and temptation, yet he did not falter, Yeshua uniquely qualifies to serve as high priest, then, now, and forever. Amen, Daddy. Just as Aaron was alone in ministering the Yom Kippur ritual, Yeshua was alone as he paid the price for our sins. No one could help him by sharing the price he paid. The place that Elohim chose was the same place where Abraham nearly offered up his unique son, at the commandment of Jehovah. Imagine that. Jehovah showed faithful Abraham the place where Yeshua would be offered up and had Abraham go to that very place and rehearse what it would be like to sacrifice your own unique son. Yeshua came to the right place. Mm -hmm. So from time to time during Yeshua's ministry, people sought to lay hands on him and to do violence to him because they didn't like what he was saying. Other times, he was urged to go to Jerusalem or to do other things that he decided to not do. Yeshua would reply with, My time has not yet come. But in Matthew chapter 26, starting at verse 17, we read, The disciples came to Yeshua and asked, Where do you want us to prepare your Seder? Go into the city, 
to so-and-so, he replied, and tell him that the rabbi says, my time has come. My disciples and I are celebrating Pesach, or Passover, at your house. The chosen time for Yeshua to accomplish this part of his mission had come. Yeshua's work was so important to the Father that we look to two holy times, Passover and Yom Kippur, to see pictures of his sacrifice. So, when we prepare our hearts to commemorate Yom Kippur, we remember the unique Messiah Yeshua. We remember his unique preparation for the unique mission, the covering of our sins with his own blood. We remember that he accomplished it at the right place and time. If he can do that for us, we can remember to commemorate it at the time our Heavenly Father chose. Yom Kippur is so important, our Heavenly Father designated it an eternal ordinance. Understanding that you're a part of Israel because of Yeshua's sacrifice, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill, treat man-made holidays as if they are holy, and ignore the days that your Heavenly Father declared to be holy? Or would you take the red pill, obey Jehovah, and do what He instructed on the day He instructed with an enthusiastic heart? Only you can answer that question. Yom Kippur is an eternal ordinance, so we will have lots of opportunities to commemorate the work of our High Priest Yeshua. Amen. Many believers fast on Yom Kippur, humbling ourselves. We take off from work. Do all that you can. Don't treat Yom Kippur as a common day. It is holy, because Jehovah made it so. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Feel free to listen to it again, email it, or text it to a friend. Start a conversation. If you listen regularly, please send us an email letting us know how you're doing and how we can improve what we're doing. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth.